Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being on today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I think, so we we obviously, this is our first conversation outside of a few email exchanges. Um, and, you know, as as per most of these early episodes of the podcast, Jordan is often the, the catalyst for most of these connections. So I guess yeah. maybe, maybe we'll start there with how you, you ended up with Designs for Sport, where that connection came from, and then we'll we'll branch out from that point. Yeah, for sure. So I actually met Jordan and Melissa together. Um, I, it must have been like 20, 2018. Um, Melissa was, uh, she was touring around Ottawa because I'm from Ottawa originally. And I was at a gym in that area, renting space and uh, running my own business out of uh, a gym. And Melissa kind of just hit me up through, uh, through email because I had a designs for health account for a long time after I took uh, metabolic analytics with Charles Poliquin. And uh, so I was like ordering some of their stuff and that it just kind of speaks to the level of uh, designs for health and designs for sport, because really of all the supplement companies that I got wholesale account through, um, through that course, they were the only ones to really reach out to, ask how I'm doing and ask how they could help and stuff. So right away, I kind of knew that that it was a relationship to build. Um, And then uh, she, so she came to Ottawa to meet with me. And it's a funny story because we're, we're pretty close now, but I totally forgot that we had a meeting and I was in the middle of a workout and she, she popped in and I was like, Oh yeah. Hey. And I had to cut my workout short and meet with her. So I was like kind of agitated when we first met. And then Jordan came with her, I guess, because she w- he was developing Melissa as a sales rep. And uh, so we, we, we got to talking and it was funny because I had actually just taken a job in Toronto at Reach Personal Training with Ben Clarfield, who's on the sports advisory board as well. And uh, so they were like coming to try to develop the area in Ottawa. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm moving to Toronto um, like in a month. So then they were kind of like, oh, well we're going to be seeing a lot more of you. And uh, this is kind of a waste of time because we were, they, they were like, their intention was to develop Ottawa. And then uh, I was coming over to their neck of the woods in Toronto, but that's how we met. And then just got really close with both Jordan and Melissa as the, uh, as, as my time went on at reach. And then um, I, I ended up leaving reach and uh, now I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And uh, the, just the relationship continued to foster and uh, then Jordan asked me to get involved with Designs for Sport as kind of like a junior educator role. Um, and I jumped on the opportunity because it's, it's, it's been really fun. I, I, really, I really enjoy it for sure. So that's kind of how it all started. So are you born and raised in Ottawa? Yeah. Well, actually, I was born in Toronto and then I moved to Ottawa when I was in like grade one. So I barely have any memories of Toronto and then found my way back to Toronto after I was in Ottawa. Right. And have you, have you always known that you were going to work in this industry? Was that a lifelong passion? Was that something later? Where did where'd that come from? So it came from, I played basketball in, uh, in high school and then went on to play in college. And uh, when I was in high school, I was always like really technically good, um, like well-skilled and everything, but I was super unathletic, like zero like barely any athleticism in my genetic pool um so i started training <laughs> at a gym in uh in canada that i ended up working at um canada is like a suburb of ottawa so i started training at a gym in ottawa to try to get more athletic and improve my athleticism because that was what all the the college coaches were saying is like you need to get more athletic you need to get more athletic and then it actually i was actually telling this story to jordan and dave last night um i ended up actually enjoying the process of training like almost more than I enjoyed playing basketball, like in a weird way. Like I just fell in love with strength training. And right. then as kind of anyone who's played sports at a young age, you kind of get to this point where you realize like, you're not going to make the NBA or you're not going to go pro. And, and once I realized that I kind of like focused all my, my efforts towards training first, starting with training athletes and then, um, and then starting getting into like the personal training with like just general population clients, which I really do enjoy as well. Like I, I really like doing both because there's aspects of both that I do enjoy. Um, and then it just kind of took off from there. Like I was very fortunate that the, the people that I, that I trained with when I was in high school had like a good background. Like they were two ex uh, uh, football players. One guy played in the NFL, the other guy played in the CFL. So it was like a very like ath- athletic development focused gym. And so I was able to be put into a position right away where I was working with like, 
CFL players and NFL players and stuff like that, which was, I had no idea what I was doing, like absolutely no idea, but it was, uh, it was a great experience. And I'm just really thankful for all the opportunities that have come my way after that. And then Toronto just became a career decision, I assume, a larger pool. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, like I was originally born in, in Toronto, but then spent most of my life in Ottawa. I was just ready for, for a new challenge. Um, and my girlfriend was living in Toronto at the time and we were doing long distance. So it just kind of, it just kind of made sense to make that move to Toronto. And I was put in contact with Ben Clarfield and then, uh, started up at reach and I was there for about 18 months through the pandemic and then, uh, went my, went off on my own. Yeah, there is, there is something to be said about the industry and the, the craftsmanship aspect of it. The idea that you can just pick up transplant to a city and then, you know, start, start a life again as a result. Yeah, for sure. It was, I, I get really attached to my clients though, because I'm, I'm really invested in their, their, their progress and their success. So I was messed up when I left Ottawa. Like I was, I was like super, super banged up about it. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are depending on me and I'm a big part of their lives. So it was really tough, but they were all really happy for me when I left. And, um, but yeah, to your point, it's, uh, it's a really cool, it's a cool industry in that sense, because you can really, if you're good at what you do, you can do it pretty much anywhere. Um, so my mom always tells me that she says, Andrew, you'll be successful no matter where you are. <laughs> so it's uh, no, I, I really do like that part about the industry for sure. Yeah. So what you mentioned, you know, not knowing what you were doing when you started out with these athletes, what were, you know, what were some of those big lessons that you learned when you got kind of thrown into that situation? Well, I, I was always like, good energy and like I, I'm really passionate about it so I, I care like I said I care a lot about the results but I, I was I started personal training and athletic training athletes when I was I was like 19 so I had like absolutely no idea how to program design like it's it was like a foreign foreign kind of term to me foreign uh foreign field um and it's really really difficult still like I'm by no means an expert at it now but it was just uh, like being totally transparent. I was just guessing like, it was like, okay, well we did this rep range and now we're going to do this rep range and now we're going to do this many sets and we did this exercise. So now we're going to do this exercise, but nothing was tied together and cohesiveness. I didn't, I didn't have like a reason for anything I was doing. I was just kind of like making it up as I went. And the unfortunate part is I feel like that's really common for our industry is that there's, like I, I took my um, my CanFit Pro to get certified so that I could have like an insurance covering, um, and it, it was very like biology um, and like physiology kind of related topics when you take courses like that, like those just to kind of like cover you um, to make sure you know like CPR and like all those things, and if there's a crisis, what happens. But it really doesn't give you any direction of how to develop athletes and how to get results with people. And it wasn't until I went on to take uh, my PICP level one and two um, when I was 20, where I really started like bringing things together. And I was like, Oh, okay. Now there's like a bigger picture. And start, I started to see that bigger picture, but still I had, I, I, if I was at like a 0% of knowing what I was doing, maybe after that I, I had a bunch of information, but still I was at like 10% of maybe knowing what I was doing. It's uh, it, it's hard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think everybody makes that mistake when you take courses, especially something that's so practical and hands-on, and then you try to go do it. And it's like, it's not the textbook and it, it absolutely is getting to know a lot of, you know, what your client needs in trial and error. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of the, I guess the big arts of, uh, of coaching is, is kind of getting to know those things and you need experience to do that, which well, is the tough hundred <laughs> percent. And that's a really good point because it, it is an art and it's a science because you can go and read like all the information is out there. Like I was talking about this with Jordan and Mel and Dave the other day, like there's pretty much nothing new in strength and conditioning. Like it's all, all the, everything's been the same since like the forties, like, or if not earlier. Um, but so you could, all the information is out there. You could know all the science behind it, but then how do you apply that knowledge? Right. And that's the really difficult part. And that's why a lot of the coaches on the sports advisory board are so great because they've, they've put in the hours, right. They've, because you really got to be in the trenches to, and work with clients and 
and work with different athletes to be able to apply that knowledge that you've acquired from doing the studying. So both are like equally important acquiring the knowledge and then also putting it to putting it to work. There's almost a cyclic effect where the, the initial textbook information is, is not valuable to you because you lack any experience. And then yeah. you go down this, you go down this path where you reject all of that traditional information in favor of anecdotal evidence only, or seemingly anecdotal evidence only. Yeah. And then yeah, you start 100%. to come up the other side where what you learned originally actually has a lot of value, but only because you now have all the other skills to help apply. Yeah. I, I remember it, that's a great point, Adrian, because I remember when I, I took PICP one and two and they first introduced undulating periodization and accumulation phases and intensification phases. And I was sitting in the classroom, like what is going on right now? Like it all went over my head. And then it wasn't until like, years later, months later, after like working and working with different clients and athletes that I was like, Oh, it was like one of those like moments where all the stars aligned. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you totally. Yeah. And you made a good point about populations as well, which I think is something probably worth talking about what everyone, everyone wants to train like an exactly. athlete, but you know, it's important to realize that they're athletes because, because not only do they perform a specific sport or skill, but they also, they also adhere to a specific schedule. You know, yeah. they don't like, they don't work 80 hours a week. They work 10, like when mm -hmm. they play. Right. So what, what is that for, for you? What's that transition look like uh, going back and forth between those two populations and what, what key markers are you looking for with a general pop client versus an athletic client? Well, see, it's I, I, like, there's kind of a craze these days about like sports specific training and um I, I could get like flack and people, people who are really good at developing, developing athletes have gotten flack in the past too, because you might look at one of their programs and it might look like the same thing that you would do with the general population client. But I, I truly believe that like you, there's no such thing as sports specific training. You train for strength qualities and you train for like body composition goals and things like that. So I really like try to train all of my general population clients the same way that I would train an athlete. It's just the difference would be that there's obviously more riding on the athlete's success. Right. But really like, like humans are humans. So like, obviously there's performance markers and different sorts of things when it comes to training an athlete, but I'm still going to get an athlete and a human to accomplish a, sorry, they're both humans an athlete and a general population client. Like the goal is still to get them to be a certain level of strength, to um, have good, great range of motion. Like you're going to do a lot of the same, the similar exercises, right? Like they're going to split squat. They're going to squat. They're going to overhead press. You're going to work on chin ups and stuff. It's just, obviously there's a, a performance element um, that really separates the two. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's probably, it's probably a good lead in because we, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but uh, you have a course coming out with DFS shortly. I do. Yeah. And so what, what's the title? So I don't butcher it. Uh, the title is a introduction to effective program design. Okay. Excellent. And so how did that, how did that come about? What was the, what was the catalyst for it? Well, it was Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's Mr. Catalyst, right? Um, so I was traveling with Jordan this summer and we went to, uh, the DFS headquarters in, uh, in Palm coast, like the head office mm -hmm. for designs for health designs for sport. And he asked me to lecture his reps. Cause he, he, we were there, he was there training some new sales reps that he had. And he really like thinks it's super important. And I agree um, thoroughly that uh, his reps really understand training. And that's one of the things I always say, Melissa is the rep that I work with. And that's why she's so great is because she lives and breathes this stuff. Like she's, she's super interested whenever we talk about um, training and it, you can't, you can't break Melissa either. Like I've, I've done a lot of training with Melissa and she gains a lot of respect from different strength coaches because she's so good at working out and she loves it. Like she leaves it all out there. Right. Um, so he really was trying to stress to his, uh, his new reps, the importance of uh, like just learning a little bit about program design and learning a little bit about that strength, the strength industry so that they are able to better like have a relationship, develop relationships with these strength coaches and he was watching me lecture them and he stops me and he's like, can you make this a course? And I was like, uh, sure. And then two minutes later he had a contract and I was like, okay. 
And then, uh, and then it just kind of developed off of that. And it really came from the, the, the rep that we were training had a little bit of a personal training background. And I was going over all of this in my mind. That's like really, really simple stuff because this isn't an advanced course by any means. This is like an hour long course. That's going to kind of prepare a lot of the coaches for some advanced courses that happen with the sports advisory board and things like that. But all of the things that I was going over were foreign to his reps. And they were like, this makes so much sense. And, and, but I've never, I've never seen any of these things before, like tempo and the relationship between tempo and like the goal that you're trying to accomplish and reps and sets. And it kind of just goes back to the point that I had that when I first started, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And I think that a lot of personal trainers and a lot of strength coaches, even though like it's so easy to become a personal trainer these days, right? Like you can pretty much just take a, like I took a weekend course for 500 bucks and it was like, okay, now I can train anyone. Um, so, but like that really didn't prepare me to be able to get great results with the people that I worked with. It just kind of like gave me a status. Right. Um, so that's really what we were trying to accomplish with this course is like, I didn't create any of the things that, uh, we're talking about in the course, like I said, there's, there's, there's pretty much nothing new in strength training. It's been around for so long. Right. But it's just kind of like presenting the information. And I think a really, really easily understandable way to, to, to really give like a stepping stone to then be able to get great results with your clients and just understand the, the, the whole concept of program design more, which is insanely important. If you, if you want to get results with people and ultimately that's how you're going to improve your business. That's how you're going to become a better coach is by getting great results. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we are a results industry. No, no yeah. question about it. It's not, yeah, there's, you can, you could make the argument that, that perhaps you're just trying to create a culture in a gym and you're just trying to get people into sweat. But if you want client retention, then, then the results are, are valuable. Uh, yeah. So, well, I look at, I look oh. at people like, like Dave Florence at Mecca and, they get some of the best results. Like if you look at their Instagram or their website and you see their before and afters, right? Like, but they're thriving. Right. And they, he's super successful and they help a lot of people. Like they're helping so many people and people keep coming because they get results with people. Like, I think it was actually in your, in your, uh, your talk, Adrian, over the, uh, the, the sports, the strength coach summit. Um, this year where you said something that really resonated with me when you were saying that we're really not selling an hour of training. Like we're not, we're not selling training at all. Like we're selling results, but the results are like, they, they're not always that before and after picture for a lot of people. Like it's, uh, like being able to play with their grandkids or being able to walk up the stairs without having to take a 30 second break at the top or just getting healthier. Right. And at the end of the day, that's the whole mission of designs for sport and why I wanted was so excited about the opportunity to get behind a course and do some education for them is just like helping people like in this through this course I'm going to help a lot of trainers um, understand program design better which is going to in turn help them get better results with people which is going to make so many people's lives better right mm -hmm. this wonderful trickle-down effect how, yeah. how do you, how do you think about programming then if for, for younger strength coaches or newer strength coaches or personal trainers listening when they sit down in front of their blank Excel document, how do you program actually? That's the first good question. What do you, any technology old school? I, so I'm like super old school about it. I I'm pen and paper. I, I find that I, when I sit down in front of a computer, I, I, I don't make as great programs and I, and I, I, I almost get repetitive with it. So I'll usually like the process that I take is I'll write like a bunch of exercises or whatever. And then I'll like, well, what you always want to do is you want to start with the end in mind. Right. So you always got to, that's why an assessment um, protocol is very important for whoever you're working with, whether it's an athlete or just a general population client. But so start with the end in mind, figure out what their goal is. And then you kind of just work backwards, but really like there's no, there's no secret. It's just, you have to have, it's that combination of knowledge and practical application because really what we're trying to accomplish in the course and what makes made me so much better at program design is every, every strength quality and every um, like reps and sets and all, all of those, uh, those factors are all intertwined. So 
depending on what their goal is, you're going to want them working at a certain rep range. And then if they're working in that rep, rep range, you're going to want them working at a, at, at a certain amount of sets. And then if they're working at that amount of sets, then they're going to have X rest period. And you're going to want this time under tension for tempo. So really, if you understand all of the, the principles, mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to design programs better and better the more experience you have with working with different people. Like it comes from understanding the principles and understanding the, rela- the relationship that they have with each other. And then you just kind of, you work backwards. Like it's really not rocket science, but there's, uh, you, have to, you have to be very passionate about it and you have to love what you do because once you understand them, the better you get at them is going to be the more, the more programs you make, right? Like it's really practice makes perfect. And, w- and what are some of those core principles when you, when you think about a, either an athlete or a general pop client, like what are our, what are our big rocks? Well, you like, again, like I said, like you want to start with the, the goal. So for most people, if it's an athlete, like you want to get them moving better and better at their sport. Right. And a lot of the times what happens is to get them moving better is getting them faster. Right. And it, I've had this argument with a lot of uh, not really like the high level guys, like, uh, like Dave and uh, Preston and all the guys on the sports advisory board, but it's more some people from like my hometown, like friends who have gotten into personal training because they're like, they're crazy about like, like in Instagram these days, like in social media, it's like, what, what's sexy, right? Like, so like doing like crazy plyos with like weights attached to you and like doing all this crazy stuff. But like to get someone faster, the quickest way to get someone faster is to get mm-hmm. them leaner. So they're moving less weight. Like if, if someone's like 20 pounds overweight, it's pretty much like they're on the, their, the ice or the field or whatever with a 20 pound backpack. Like they're going to move way slower than if they weren't wearing that backpack. Right. So you get them to a body composition that's optimal for their sport. And then speed is really just like how much force you can put on the ground. So once you get to that, once you get the athlete lean enough or, and strong enough, then you're able to introduce It's not that like plyometrics are bad. Plyometrics aren't plyometrics are great, but it's, uh, it's just knowing when to use the right tool because if an athlete isn't lean enough and an athlete isn't strong enough, it's almost like if you jump right to plyos and stuff, you're going to be stepping over um, hundred dollar bills to pick up loonies, right? Like the, you always got to think about like the, what, what's going to have the best return on the investment because a lot of times you have uh, limited time with these athletes. So that's kind of like a long winded answer to say you start with whatever the goal is. And then you start with like how much time you have with, set athlete or set client and then you work you work backwards from that and then once you have that what i'm trying to explain is that like the reps and the sets like you plug them in so they're obviously so very important um to, but it just really comes down to the understanding of them and but everything is everything is linked so i know okay if this person is going to be working on body composition we need to get them leaner um before we get them stronger okay maybe we're going to work at some higher rest rep ranges with incomplete rest to kind of get that like lactic acid effect to um, stimulate growth hormone and get them to lose body fat. Right. And obviously nutrition is a super important factor of that, but when it comes to training, that's going to be how you design that program. But then if there's someone who's already lean and maybe the focus is um, on relative strength, the reps are going to be lower and the rest is in turn going to be greater. And the, uh, and the sets are going to be higher, right? So everything is like, it's almost like this big algorithm that you have to plug, like you, you have like the end goal and like everything else kind of, you plug it in. But at the same time, it's like understanding that people, everyone is different. So people are going to respond to different stimuluses and different um, manipulating the principles in different ways, if that makes sense. So like you can't get attached to like, well, this is what in the textbook it said, like some, for some people, something different is going to work for them as well. So it's really, it's really complicated, but at the same time, it's like, it's simple, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that comes with like, like you said, the experience of going through the program, seeing what works and a lot of trial and error. So you mentioned an assessment. What does, what does that look like? It depends for, for each, uh, for each person that you're working with. Like I, I have different assessments that I do with an athlete versus like a general population client. Cause most, most of the times, like the, the general population clients that I get, like we want to make them healthier. Um, 
we want to make them stronger, but like you guys know, like nine times out of 10, they just want to lose body fat and put on some muscle. They just want to look better naked pretty much. Um, so I always use, uh, calipers to measure body fat, regardless of whether it's general population or, um, an athlete, because that's just really, it's deeper than the scale. Right. Um, like I've had clients before that, uh, start with me and they're like this one guy I trained, he had an unbelievable transformation he was 180 pounds when he started and he finished at 184 pounds and if you were to just look at the scale you'd be like oh what the heck like my weight's not changing this is crazy but then like he really lost like 15 pounds of fat and gained like 18 pounds of muscle so it's like it's like doing uh assessment like that whether it's with calibers or like the in-body technology or like if you got a lot of money and you have a dexa scan then that's awesome but um just that sort of thing from a body composition standpoint and then taking before pictures. I've been taking before pictures for like since I started because it's like it's the best way to market yourself. Like a lot of times strength coaches are uh, they're really good at what they do and then they but they have a hard time marketing what they do. And but marketing is such an important part, too. So the body composition stuff like that's assessment, but also to then use for marketing. Um, but that's, that's regardless of whether it's, uh, it's an athlete or a general population client, because it's important for both people, like one for the people who want to look at, look at naked. And then two for the, for the athletes that want to be faster, right? Because you want to get them to a body composition that's important, that's uh, ideal for their sport to have them, um, moving optimally. Um, but then in terms of like the actual, uh, the actual assessment, I do some structural balance stuff, some different length tension sort of uh to measure like flexibility um for different areas of the body like upper upper and lower extremities um i really am not a fan of trying to like test someone's like one rm on the uh like depending on what their their uh their uh their their level is like what their training age is i'm I'm not really a big fan of it because it's it's kind of dangerous and you, you don't really need to but mostly in the assessment, like I just do a bunch of different, like, okay, let me see how they squat, like overhead squat. Let me see how they, uh, how they press. Let me see how they, like, it's really just like watching how they move to understand what I'm able to do for them. Because if I have someone come in right away and I do an overhead squat with them and they're like up on their toes and like falling forward, I'm like, okay, this person is not squatting. Like we're going to start with like some unilateral stuff. Um, so mo- it's just a bunch of different like exercises and like, but nothing like crazy, like a one arm squat or a clean or anything like that. It's just really like the goal is for me to see how they move. So I know what I can do with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely makes sense. And yeah. and you're working with clients online, I saw, correct? No? Like yeah, you're, that's a- While you're on the world tour? Of, yeah. <laughs> well, I've been moving around. Like I, I was really, uh, I was really- it was perfect timing because in November of 2019, when I moved to Toronto, I kind of like when I was leaving Ottawa, I was, like I said, I get really attached to all my clients. So I was, I was trying to figure out a way that I would still be able to help them. So I was like, okay, well like, let me just do their program design. And then I was like, okay, well like this, cause I had like all these people that were like, okay, well, yeah, I'll still do program design with you. So I was like, oh, this could be like a pretty sweet business idea too, like to expand my scope. So I started doing that in November of 2019. And then in March, like COVID happened and all the gyms shut down. So I was like, well, this was perfect timing because I already had like all the, the infrastructure set up to train people online. So since November, 2019, I haven't, I haven't like, completely shifted to online because I still, I, I like training people in person. Like I, I have no, no goals of creating just like an online platform so I can like buy a villa in Italy and like sit back and just train people online every day. Like I really do love training people. Like I'm, I'm very passionate about it. So it's just like an aspect that I've added to my business because I think it's, it's, it's a great way to help more people who maybe can't afford to train with me in person or, for ge- ge- geographical reasons, like can't um, come see me in person. But since November, I've, uh, I've my, like my client database of online clients is about around 65 people, which has been pretty great. Like people moving in and out, like they're not all always doing programs, but it's been, it's been really, really different than training people in person because it's, uh, 
it's like, for example, like if it's really easy for me to show someone in person what like a four zero one zero tempo on a split squat feels like it's really hard to explain to them how that feels through like a phone or through email or whatever. So, but I've been able to get some really great results with people online too, but being totally honest, the people who get the greatest results with me training online are people that I've worked with before in person. So I've been able to teach them how to train and then they like go off on their own because they already know what it's like to train right. with me in person. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, how do you, I think that's actually a great topic for a lot of PTs and strength coaches, especially with hesitancy coming back. There's a lot of, a lot of clients I'm sure that are, that are maybe a little hesitant to come back into a gym. What's the, how do you deliver the programs? What's the most effective way, uh, in an online setting? So I know there's like apps out there, like train heroic and trainerize. And I'm not, it's not like I'm like anti-technology or anything like that, but I'm just like old school. Like I, 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 I write every program out by hand and then I put it into like an Excel spreadsheet that my girlfriend made for me. And then I, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty slick though. Like I'm lucky. Um, cause I'm not like, I'm kind of like technically challenged um, when it comes to a lot of that stuff. But, uh, um, and then I send them out like PDF, uh, PDF documents of their programs and depending on, how many times a week they, uh, they're, they're training and what their training age is and the variables of the program. I, I update the program every like two to four weeks and I'll usually include like a, like a FaceTime consult, um, once a month to kind of see, see how, see how everything is going. And like, but my, my problem with online training is I'm, like I said, like, as I mentioned before, like, I really, I really do care about all my clients and I make myself too available. And my girlfriend always tells me like, I need to get like a second phone or like something because like, if someone texts me and they're like, Oh, well, what's a one or how do I do this or whatever? Like I, if I don't respond like right away to try to help them, like as soon as I I see the message, like I I can't, I I go crazy. Like I I can't think of anything else. Um, But it's again, like, I I think that's what may like, I'm by no means am I like the best trainer in the world or anything like that. But that's what, that's the main reason why I get, great results with my clients is because like I care and you have to care. Like I I had this conversation with Dave last night. Um, We were talking about how like, it's almost better. I would almost rather train with someone who really cares and has a great attitude and is super attentive and very passionate, but doesn't really know that much than train with someone who's like very smart and has all of the knowledge, but isn't as like attentive or passionate or is as invested in my success. Like all day, I would rather that a million percent. Um, so I think that's really important for, for trainers and coaches coming up is you, like, you have to be invested in your client's success, right? Like you have to, you have to almost care about it more than they do. If that. <laughs> you, have, you definitely have to match it. There's no question about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 We talk about that a lot because on the flip side, I guess if you have a client that doesn't really care, it's hard to be passionate about it for them for sure for sure but then then it comes down to like the art of coaching right it's like every individual is different and some people are going to respond really well to me screaming and being like let's go and other people like you have to it's like psychological warfare almost like you have to figure out what drives each individual and what's their why but that's why like like really understanding and, and like when it comes down to like even nutrition like sylvia i'm sure you you've been there before like if i if i tell someone like okay well like um you're going to stop eating bread or something. And, and they're like, why? And I'm like, just do it. Like they're, they're probably not going to do it. Right. But if I explain to them like, okay, well like this is why we're, I want, we're, we're trying to do that. This is the goal that we're trying to create. Like all this. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense because I'm very like that as an individual as well. Like when I, whenever someone teaches me something, like it, it can't just be like, do this or, or this is this. And I'm like, well, why? And it's like, oh, because that's the way it is. Like, I, I need to know why. And then when I, when I know why, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then like, I'll follow through with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If there's no reason behind it, absolutely. You, you know, the motivation to actually execute on that is going to go way down. I'm like that. Yeah. I think it's important to, you know, to ask questions and, and to challenge, you know, there's so much information out there. So you never know. Yeah 
Exactly. And again, like, I think any good coach is willing to always change their mind and, you know, have conversations as opposed to saying, you know, this has worked for all my clients before. So it has to work for you. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's having that adaptability between individuals. Yeah. You nailed it. You have to be in this industry. You have to be adaptable um, between clients because everyone is different. And then also to different trains of thoughts, because there's a million ways to skin a cat. Like, you guys get great results with the people that you work with and someone else who does something completely different than you gets great results with the people that they work with. And humans are so, so different. Like no two people are the same. Right. So like there's tons of people who have success that do really have different trains of thoughts and stuff. So it's, I, I like to try to think of everyone, like every situation that I'm in and every coach that I've learned from is it's like, okay, like they're a book. And it's like, I read their book and hear whatever they have to say. And it's like, it's not that all of a sudden I have to like become that book, but I can take what I want from that book and put it in my back pocket. But you have to have an open mind to everyone's different trains of thoughts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in this industry, because there's a, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of information out there. So you, you definitely have to be adaptable and, and willing to, you know, always, challenge what you what you previously thought to maybe something that you develop that that's new Um, yeah you know and I think that that's something you learn definitely with experience (laughs) 100% and like the more the more I've learned through my young career like the more I've realized that like I don't know anything like there's so much information out there right and and but like if you ever get to the point where like you think that like there's nothing else like for you to learn, like, it's kind of like that saying, like, like if you're the smartest person in the room, like you're in the wrong room, you know what I mean? Like you have to surround yourself with people who you're going to like, who are going to better you and you're going to learn from like that's that goes for strength training too. Like I spent the, the entire summer with Preston green at university of Florida and he is just a wealth of knowledge. And I, if I went into that situation being like, Oh, well, like there's nothing Preston can teach me or like, I already know everything. Like I wouldn't have, learned all the things that I learned, right? Like you really have to be like a sponge and try to soak up like all the information, right? Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's going to come at it from a different background and experience. So yeah, that's awesome. So you spend time with Preston uh, and now you're in, you're spending time with uh, Dave at Mecca, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I've been really lucky. Like this whole summer, I've kind of done like a, a world tour of gyms and so I started in Dallas and I spent some time with John McDowell at his facility yep. Vive and learned so much from him. Like, again, like I read his, his, he, he presented all like everything that he thought at an internship mm. with him. And I took from that, like what I, what I wanted to, and he's great. Like the stuff that he does with energy systems and like sprint training and stuff like that. He did a mastermind on that or his talk in the strength coach summit. Um, like it's next level, like the results that he gets, I've never seen anyone do, um, group training the way that he does. Like it's, uh, I, I was, he put me through one of his classes and it was just like, it was, it was legit. And what's the, when you say that, what's the differentiating factor? What's the, he's like, he's super dialed in mm-hmm. in the, uh, like to the point where like, he doesn't even, he, cause like, I'm sure you guys know, like, it's like this while you're training someone, like I've gone through it before where like cell phones, I want my phone with me to like take footage of like people training to then like post to the, cause there's the business aspect of it as well. But he has like a, a Nikon camera. And uh, I was like, Oh, like you just like, you take pictures. Like, so he's like taking like professional pictures as he's training people, like just snapping pictures. And I'm like, Oh, you don't just use your iPhone. And he's like, nah, like if I use my phone, like then like if a text pops up or something like that, then like I'm not invested in the session. And I was like, okay, wow. Like, I really respect that. Like, that's awesome. So he's one, he's super dialed in on the session. Um, but he'll, he'll be training like 10 people at a time. Um, and I told him like one, his, like his sprint stuff that he does, like he calls it like his, uh, high intensity sprint interval training that gets like great results with his clients. And I was like blown away, um, with how, how the, how he does that. And then number two is just, he's, he's not just telling his clients what to do. He's, uh, he's educating his clients because if you guys have done group training before anyone who's done group training, like if you have like a whole group of people doing something, if you pick the wrong weight or if someone picks the wrong weight and they like mess up and they fail or something, and then they have to go change the weights, like it, it kind of messes of the flow of the whole, the whole operation. Right. Especially if like you're doing something for time. 
So we were doing tricep extensions, like the whole group. And I, I, I'll never forget this because he's just like counting the whole time. Like he's counting tempo. He's watching everyone making like slight adjustments or whatever. And some, and, and a lady was training and she, she, she picked too heavy a weight. And where if he didn't educate his clients on like, okay, what's like the exercise regression or whatever, then she would have like stopped, not been failed at the exercise and had to like put the weights back and like pick a different weight. But now everyone's at a different exercise. And now she's like, so she's not getting like the full training effect, but she knew right away to go into like a mechanical advantage, like rolling press into a tricep extension, like overloading the eccentrics because she failed concentrically. And it's, and I, I asked him about it after I was like, man, I've never seen that before. Like they just, they knew, like you didn't even have to tell them. And he's like, well, like we, we're trying to like educate them because like in that group environment, it's not one-on-one -on -one training. So they don't get the full attention. It's like for them to get the most out of that session, that, that education aspect is so key because they're not having his full, full attention. So I guess through the process of them signing up from whenever they, they do their first session. Like he's always educating, like this is a regression. So they just know it's like second nature for them and it doesn't mess up the flow of the class. And I think that's one of the reasons he gets such great results. Awesome. Sorry. So then you left Dallas and where'd you head next? Florida? Um, well, the next, I went to Phoenix. I spent some time with uh, Malcolm William. Um, mm -hmm. He used to do some uh, program design for me and he just opened like a beautiful facility in Scottsdale. That was really cool to see, like pick his brain. Um, but the next sports advisory board member I went to see was, uh, was Preston and Preston was like, like he's, he's just a wealth of knowledge. Like I can't even, I learned so much. Like it was, it was, and he's such a great person too. Like it, he was so hospitable. Um, but it was seriously like, I can't think of a more impactful experience for like my, my personal training and strength coaching career than, uh, spending that time with Preston. Um, I was there for seven weeks. Um, he actually like had me, he, he was like short staff. So he asked me to stay an intern. So I had the opportunity to work with the, the men's basketball team and I used to play basketball. So it was like nostalgic for me. And when I was in Toronto, we did, I, I, I definitely worked with less athletes and more general population clients. Mm. Um, but so it was like, it was really fun to get back into that like athletic development world. And it definitely kind of like reinvigorated that passion of like working with athletes for me. And those guys are freaks. And, but that's one of the things that like I admire the most about Preston. And I'm sure you guys know, cause you guys work with high level, high level athletes as well. But I find like today, like strength coach, it's really weird because strength coaches like really like to claim athletes. So like when like six, when an athlete has success, they're like, oh, like it was my system. And uh, like, oh, do the same system that XYZ do. And like, oh, buy it on online for $29.99, like, or whatever. And, but Preston, like, he's so humble. Like he, he's the first to say that like, these guys are freaks. Like they're division one athletes, like division one basketball athletes, like some of the most athletic people in the world. And he's like, they're not, like who they are because of me like uh, he's he and that's not downplaying like the work that he does with them it's just like he's like I would be naive to like try to say that like this guy got drafted to the NBA because of my eight months of work with them um when they were in uh like their freshman year or whatever like and that's like I said I, I'm not trying to downplay the work that he does but it was just refreshing for me because he could like some of the names that he's worked with he could easily like put out like an ebook and be like, Oh, do the same, uh, program I've done with a uh, hundred NCAA athletes and like increase your vertical jump. But like, he just really, he loves what he does. And it was, it was so, it was so great to be around someone like that. Um, yeah, yeah no, that, so that, that was, yeah. No, I was gonna say that phenomenon is the funniest shit in the world to me. And we, yeah. well, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, I mean, yeah, it's arrogant to say, I suppose, but, the very best player in a sport has trained with us since he was 15. Like he is, yeah. he is, he is Michael Jordan. We cannot like he is claim. Tiger Woods. Like <laughs> yeah. He could do yoga and play yeah. keep ups every day. Yeah. And he would still be unbelievable. Like, yeah. And it's, and it's not to downplay the work that you guys do with him because you guys do great work and it's not to downplay the work that any strength coach does. But I always like, it's like a running joke. Like it's like, do you look at like someone like LeBron or like, 
mm-hmm. um, like a super athlete who's just like this once in a once in a lifetime generational talent. Like LeBron could literally get jacked with like a shake weight. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, so it's, I, I just think that's the corniest thing ever to be like, um, yeah, like they're this because of me, like, or whatever. Like, and, and again, I'm not downplaying any of the work that any strength coach has done with any athlete because a lot, a lot of times, like you are a pivotal part of their off season or their, their whole development. But to say that like they're there because of me or whatever, like that, it was just really refreshing for me to see Preston take that stance because he's worked with some, like some high level, high level athletes. Right. Yeah. We, we had Charlie on the podcast, Weingroff and his episode should be coming out shortly as well. Um, and he was, he was talking about, and he's obviously worked with Canada basketball and has a pretty, pretty substantial resume across different yeah. sports. And he was, he was saying how your job's just to get them to baseline. Like they could always yeah. jump 47 inches, but they're just <laughs> yeah. too beat up to do it right now. Like, yeah, if you, yeah, yeah. If you get them to baseline, they'll be better. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think Preston says it. He's like, uh, like coaches don't make athletes look good. Like athletes make coaches look good. Right. Like, yeah. Which is, I like, uh, it, it was great. I, I learned so much from him. It was just like, I, I, he probably got so annoyed with me because I'm just like, I was just like question, 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 <laughs> like all, all the time, but I, I worked for him. So it was, uh, it was like, it was an exchange of uh, his knowledge for my uh, my hours, which I'll, I would do any day, right? And that's another thing. Like, to, we were talking about like young coaches. Like, find someone that you you like really respect and like go spend time with them because you like you're only going to learn so much. Like, uh, like I shadowed Dave Lawrence yesterday, another great coach, and like to, in my eyes, like him and Preston are like. Mm-hmm. like on another level for like strength coaches and athletic development. And I'm watching him train someone and I'm like, there's, there's nothing like, like they, they do great program design. He's, he, he's super elite, like super knowledgeable, but like you should, have you ever seen Dave train anyone like in, no. the, in the session? Oh my no. gosh, you got to see it. He's, I, I, I told him like I, when I was shadowing, him, I was like, like I had already worked out and I was like, all I want to do is work out right now. Like he's, he's so inspiring and like, and, but how could you not like, like go like, like when, if he's that excited about like, uh, like he was literally coaching a high school kid to do split squats and he was like so fired up. And so like, how do you think that kid feels? If like your strength coach is like that invested in every single one of your reps, like it was just, it was so great to see. Oh, that's awesome. And then how long, what's, what's up after Michigan back to, back to Toronto or somewhere else? Uh, we'll see. I got a couple of things in the, in the works, um, kind of figuring out what the next step is. There's a lot of things that I want to do. I'm going to keep going with my online business, but, uh, um, like that's been, that's been great through this whole like pandemic process of the, as there's been shutdowns and reopenings and everything like that. But I got a couple things in the works. It's just kind of trying to figure out what the next best step for uh for my career is um because i want to i want to be in a situation where i can work with athletes as well as general population clients and uh there i i think like for uh for athletic development like the states is like where it is like what you guys are kind of like an anomaly for for canada right like shows hockey <laughs> yeah exactly no but you are right we, we are it is a very small subset absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're going to get into, they're not rapid fire, but they're, you know, questions that, uh, that we ask everybody, what is your, what is your current training training regime? What are, what are you doing personally? Uh, I, well, we've been traveling, but I like, I need to train. I need to always train. So I, I, I was really consistent. I trained with Preston all summer. That was one of the greatest parts about being in Florida is like, we worked out together personally, like every day That's great. and he's an animal. Like he, it, it's like, I think he even said it on your podcast. Like if you're, if you're a coach, like the day you like stop wanting to train, like you should stop coaching people. Um, and yeah. he, he lives and breathes that like this guy literally every day, every, every week, on Sundays, he trains forearms and calves. I know. And he went I jumped that. in, and I and and I'm actually really proud of myself because I never trained. Like I, I would do it at like maybe at the end of an arm day or whatever. Um, but I started I started doing that with him when I was in Florida, and 
even like through traveling, like I've consistently kept it up. Like I, I don't think I've missed, I maybe have missed like one or two Sundays of doing four arms and calves. And the crazy thing is, is like my chin ups have gone up and like my deadlifts have gone up just because my grip strength has gone up. And I, I, I made fun of him because I was like, Oh, like, or my, <laughs> Victoria, my girlfriend made fun of him because he said, she said like the only reason you train forearms and calves is because he wears like double XL shirts. So it's the only thing that you can see. <laughs> um, but uh, then he was like, no, no. And he sent me like some article about how Bruce Lee, like was like super apparent about forearm and grip training and stuff like that. And he was oh, like, yeah. like grip, grip strength is, is the cool thing these days. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's all of my, like all of my lifts have gone up from training forearms once a week. Um, but like I, I, I like to train, um, I've been training like six days a week pretty consistently. Um, and I've, I've honestly, I've been staying on like this, I've been doing my own program design, but I've been say, staying on the same split that uh, I did with Preston all summer because I, I got like some great results and I was like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So um, I just have kind of kept up with that and then just like moving through different different phases, like undulating accumulation and intensification. But I'll go, usually what my, my, my split has been lately has been uh, chest and back on Mondays, legs on Tuesdays, but like an interior focus, like quads, quads and calves maybe or something. And then uh, Wednesday, I'll do uh, shoulders and upper back. Thursday, I've been doing arms. Friday, I do legs again, but like a posterior chain focus. Saturday, I'll do off. And then Sunday's forearms. So that, that's been really fun. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. And then what about your, uh, what about your uh, supplement regime? I mean, we'd be, we'd be missing out if we didn't ask about SUPS on a, on a DFS sponsored podcast. Yeah. Um, I really, that was one thing that like, I learned a lot about this summer. Like I've been like playing around with supplements, um, for a long time, ever since I took metabolic analytics and was able to like order designs for health and designs for sport. But Preston is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to supplements. So he taught me so much this summer, but there's, there's, I don't like, I've been like, I've gone through phases where I've been taking like literally probably like 15 products. And, um, what he really, uh, really like, stress in my mind it's like something that i already knew but it was just like oh yeah like you're right um is like don't take stuff unless like you know that you need it so like like he one thing that like he loves supplements but like he's gotten away from like throwing the kitchen sink for supplements at someone um without like doing their blood work or like doing like some sort of a like an assessment right because like i remember when i was uh when i was younger i i my vitamin d was like 18 um, which was like super low. So I was like, okay, I'm going to smash vitamin D. Like I'm going to take 50,000 IU, um, twice a week. So I was taking a hundred thousand IU for 18 months straight. And then I tested my blood work again. And I, my vitamin D levels were like 200 and like 90 and I was like toxic. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well like, and then like my zinc in, was like super high and I was taking zinc every morning. Um, so I have like some basics that I always like stick to no matter what. Like I, I really like uh, carnitine. Um, so I'll take like uh, designs for health, the acetyl L-carnitine in the morning for my brain. And then I like glutamine in the morning and night for growth hormones. So I'll do that as well. Um, and then like, it's just kind of like the basics. Like I'll take like a multivitamin. Um, I rotate through fish oil. Um, I'm not taking it right now. Um, but then where I really like to like, geek out is like with like training supplements like well i'm at mecca right now and dave is like adamant about the aminos and like i've taken i've been taking the aminos like i've taken aminos for a long scoops. time but yeah how many yeah, scoops like, are you on right now well i was I, I was usually taking like two scoops and he's like no it's not enough like you need at least three or four or whatever so i'm doing that and we'll see how, see how it works uh but yeah i'll do like uh aminos while i train um, more carnitine before I train. I really like alpha GPC, um, and mm -hmm. designs for sport. Like their, their products are, are amazing. Um, and then just like some protein post-workout, not because I need it just because it's like easier than like eating a chicken breast post-workout. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's, like, that's pretty. And then like every once in a while I'll throw in like, Oh, and, uh, magnesium. I love neurocomplex, um, like the three and eight that, that, that stuff knocks me out before bed. Like yeah. I'll take that before bed. And I really, 
really, but magnesium glycine is great too. Um, for, uh, like you don't need the three and eight. It's just that that one crosses the blood brain barrier. But like a lot of people, like I gave my girlfriend's mom magnesium glycinate and it's weird because I'll take like, like three caps and feel like fine. And she'll, she took like one capsule and like was on her ass, like laid out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it just shows you like how deficient some people are though. Right. Um, but again, it goes to the point that like, you should really like test someone's levels before prescribe. Like there's like, it's, you you really like, you can't really go wrong. Like you're not really going to do any damage if you give someone like a multi, a fish oil and a magnesium. But if you're going to go like, away from the basics um i really think that like there's there's a lot of value in testing someone's blood work um the other one is collagen i'll put collagen in my coffee the designs for sport collagen i like that one a lot awesome yeah absolutely it's um i think it's so important to uh we get excited about supplements and things that can you know help with brain function or immune or whatever it is. But like you said, if it's so individualized and you have to target it towards what's actually going on with that individual, otherwise you could literally be taking everything. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, I've been there, right. Like after taking different courses and stuff, I was just taking stuff for the sake of taking it and spending like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on supplements and like really not feeling any different. And that was my, like I've told Jordan this so many times. I'm like, are the supplements working or am I just like training really hard and eating well? Like, I don't know, but there, there are like combo of everything I, probably. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Awesome. What, uh, is there any book course movie that you would suggest right now that you've been consuming that you think everyone should read, watch, listen to podcast informational source movie, informational source. Um, I'm reading, uh, my friend got it for me for my birthday, um, which was back in September and I just finished it. And it was, uh, it was actually one of, uh, Charles's favorite books. He wrote about it before. Um, I think it's called the development of muscular strength and power by Anthony DiTillo. Mm-hmm. Um, unreal book, like, just like really like, uh, Sets, I, I think anyone who's like in like the personal training or strength um, industry should read that book. It's a, it's a great, great book. Um, the other one that I'm reading right now is uh, it's called countdown by uh, I forget who it's by, um, but it's about like uh, EMF and uh, like endocrine disrupting agents and stuff like that. She was on Joe Rogan a while ago. It's Dr. Dr. Shannon stone or Sharon stone or something. Yeah. Um, I've heard of her. Yeah, but it's that's a super. It's kind of scary to be honest. Like I'm reading yeah. the book and I'm. Yeah, yeah it like is. Uh, that whole world is very, very scary when you start to go down the rabbit hole, for sure. Yeah, and and even like our world. Like I, I talk to my girlfriend all the time about it. And I'm like, I almost wish that I didn't know anything, so that like I could just like drink a coke without like feeling like, oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> like what's going on in my that, body right yeah, now? Yeah, there there is a thing of be, about being stressed about being too healthy. I mean, I got like work <laughs> i get testing done all the time and if it's not perfect i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah like what the world is ending yeah because yeah, like i feel like I when you don't know anything it's like uh like wish i didn't know really... this yeah yeah exactly yeah wish, or like wish i could I just go into like... it being like oh it's not the end of the world if if you don't have perfect everything all the time when it when it's yeah 100 percent. Uh, and i definitely need to work on that too like i'm like i'm a perfectionist for sure but I, I think it also is what makes me a good coach because like, I really like try to strive for perfection, but I'm, I'm getting better at like, um, like understanding that like, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time, but if you're always like, but I still do believe that like the goal should always be perfection. It, do, it doesn't mean that like, like you're a failure if you don't do something perfect, but like, if you set your, like, I always like to think of it, like if you set your, your goals for like the stars or whatever, like worst case, you're going to like not reach there, but you're going to like fall on a cloud. So like, you're still going to like, like if your goal is up here and that was my whole thing when I was playing um, basketball too, is I was like, okay, I'm going to make my goal the NBA. And like, and if you work like really hard, even if you don't make the NBA, like I was able to play in college, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's uh, it's like setting your goals really high. And then like the higher your goals are like, your goals should scare you. If you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think that's a, that's a great uh, point to end because this has been an awesome conversation and we don't want to take up too much of your time. You probably have to go train and take some aminos, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a two a day, maybe <laughs> where, <laughs> not two a days right now. <laughs> where can, before you leave, where can people connect with you uh, personally, website, social, anything of that nature. And then where can they find out information on the course programming course? Uh, so the best way to the, probably the social media I'm most active on is Instagram. And I'm uh, my, my tag. Is that how you say it? My username is uh, Andrew Baker fitness on Instagram. Um, and then for the course, like I, I'm pretty sure the page is coming up. We dropped a little teaser on the designs for sport Instagram. The course is all done. So I'm pretty sure the, the, there will be a page coming out on it soon. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a free course, which is great. Like uh, we're really just trying to like pump that out, make it super accessible to anything. Like the thing is too, it's not like a, a long course. Like it's literally an hour long. It's just really like scraping the surface on all this stuff to really like prepare people and funnel people towards like the, the bigger courses that are going to happen, like the more in-person stuff and stuff like that. So that's going to be on the designs for sport um, website and Instagram and everything like that. It's amazing. I'm excited to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, it should be good. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank Uh, you guys. I had a lot of fun. And we'll be sure to, we'll obviously share the podcast out and we'll link all the, all the details up in the show notes as well. Uh, Any parting words? Take your aminos. (laughs) aminos. That's a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much. (laughs) 